Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel, this is Daniel Teaches. Thank you for listening on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, YouTube. You know what it is if you enjoy what you're watching. You always press like, subscribe, notification bell, you know that good stuff, share it with your friends. As always, I'm the psychology student bringing you the two cents from my lectures, my notes, my theories, and the ways that we can use it in a practical way in our everyday lives and small antidotes that we witness every day, whether it be on the bus, with our families, and our relationships. So how does psychology play all around us. So today, folks, I want to talk a little bit about, I always say a little bit about, and then it turns like 30 minutes off, right? Let's talk about abusive relationships or, okay, this is a really good way to go into this talk. There's a buddy of mine and we sat down not too long ago and he said, Daniel, he goes, all the girls that I like, for whatever reason, go towards a specific kind of guy. He said, this has happened two or three times. I have a crush on a girl, right? She rejects me. Then I see her with this other guy. And I'm going, what do you see in this other guy? And he, he speaks badly to her. He treats her poorly. He cheats on her. And yet, she still stays with him. Right? Or he cheats on her. They break up. And then she tries to go back with him. And he had this whole idea of like, he was saying, well, Daniel, like, look at me. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Look at that guy. He's this, this, and this. Like, and in his mind, he couldn't conceptualize what does she see in him? And, and he's comparing the other guy to himself, right? And obviously he's, he has his own morals and he has his own ethics. So he's biased in the sense if he's going, well, I'm doing this and, and I'm doing this. He's not even, you know, in school or he's not even, doesn't have any like a five-year plan, right? Things of that nature. And I sat down with him and I went, look, dude, I go, first of all, preferences are preferences, right? We're attracted to who we're attracted to, right? We don't choose attraction. Right? We, we don't choose whether we're attracted to the same sex, the opposite sex, people with darker skin, people with glasses, blonde hair, blue. You don't choose that stuff, right? You just see someone and then, whoa, you know? You're like, wow, that's a good-looking person. There's no voluntarily, okay, I want to be attracted to, right? So there's that big thing there. I said, secondly, I said, dude, you got to understand that everybody has a type in a sense, whether they know it or not. Sometimes people don't consciously know it, but then if you look at their last, let's say, three relationships, you can see there's a commonality in all of them. You know, like, oh, like all the guys were loud and all the guys were sporty. They were all athletic or all the girls were quiet. All of them were really into books and reading and whatnot. So I said, dude, I said, listen, I said, first of all, you don't know anything about this girl, right? Secondly, she might have this type that she's pursuing and that type isn't you. And that's okay. We got to be all right with people making decisions. And, and if we stand back and we use our own compass and well, if I was her, I would please, but brother, you're not her right? You're you, right? And she's her and I'm me and you're you, right? Rush hour three. If you know, you know, <laughs> right? And so the idea here was like, my friend was just, he was having a really hard time conceptualizing. He was like, well, if I was in her position, I would definitely pick a guy like me. I'm like, brother, you, but you're not her though, right? You don't know what she wants in life. You don't know about her experiences. And if she picks that guy, that doesn't mean that he's, that he's greater than you in all aspects or that you're greater than him. It's just she sees something in him that you, being a straight male, don't see in him, which is totally understandable. And then he goes, but Daniel, I don't understand, man. You know, if, if you go with one of these guys and they treat you really poorly and he talks down to her and maybe he, he does one or two things that any regular person would see as a red flag, she still stays with him. Like, I don't, like, I don't understand. Like, what does she see in him? Now, folks, there's a couple things that we have to understand in these situations. 
sometimes what may seem like a red flag for me or for you, no disrespect to some people are colorblind or some people's red flags are spray painted green, right? What happens is if you're growing up and if all the relationships in your life are a certain way, for example, let's say it's normal in your family for your parents to, to fight, to throw things, for the cops to come every night, for you to threaten to put your hands on someone. Then when you grow up and that young lady's in a relationship and her boyfriend's saying, hey, shut your mouth or I'm going to put my hands on you. There's a part of her, even deep down, whether she's aware of it or not, which says, this is normal. This is how my parents communicated. This is just how couples communicate. And the mind has this immaculate way of, of putting a narrative on things so that we can rationalize it. And it goes, well, arguments uh, happen all the time in relationships. Arguments are completely normal. Relationships argue all the time. So what if my boyfriend puts his hands on me every once in a while? You know, so what? Like, it's okay. He just gets mad. And then what they do, those girls who are really far down the rabbit hole, is they rationalize it. And instead of going like, oh my God, this is a red flag, they go, I deserved it. My boyfriend deserved to put his hands on me. I was just being annoying, she says. Or, you know, I was talking too much, she says. Or he gave me what I deserved, she says. And whenever you hear that from a young woman, and you hear this from guys too, the majority of the time it's women, you know, that should be a huge indicator to like, whoa, dude, like mentally you are so far gone that you think this is okay. I'm not saying that every girl who's in a questionable relationship means that she's had prior mental health problems. But in my experience, the majority of them in some point in their life, either the relationship they had with their brother, their father, their mother, someone else, some other family friend, it was conveyed to them that this is okay. It's okay to pe for, for your partner to threaten you with violence. It's okay for your partner to speak down to you, tell you to shut up, abuse you emotionally and physically. At some point in their life, they were in one or more than one relationship like that. So now when her boyfriend says, keep talking, I'm going to put my hands on you. That's not a red flag for her. But for other people, who, who have never had those relationships, the moment you go, what, he's gonna put his hands on you because you're talking, like, that's crazy, right? We can't even conceptualize it. Like, like, like you, you might not even believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. But if every relationship that you've been in, again, doesn't have to be romantic, could be just with your best friend. The way that you guys sorted conflict was to stop talking to each other, was to throw things at each other, was to say nasty things to each other, that becomes the norm for you. So all of a sudden you go into your next relationship, the first problem that happens, you leave. They don't hear from you for like four or five days. Your partner's like, what the hell? But you don't think anything different of it because you're going, this is what relationships do. And again, the mind is so freaking smart and it goes, well, everyone has arguments. It's like, my friend, there's arguments and there's the cops are being called every night. There's arguments and then there's, you know, they're throwing things at you. They're getting physically violent. I don't care, man or woman. You don't have any reason to put your hands on someone. You know, but when, folks, the, the tough thing is, and, and it's not just physical violence, but when we say things verbally, we can't take them back, right? And even if you say something and then you come back two, three days later and I go, hey, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I was mad. It's like, you were, but it doesn't take back what you said. And it doesn't take back what you 100% believed in in that moment. You know, and, that, and that's tough, folks. That's a really tough thing to kind of hold because you can go a week, two weeks, a month, even a couple months thinking, man, like, like that was brutal, dude. Like, you know, like, sticks and stones will never hurt me, but, but um, 
I forgot the rest of that, but basically, words can be really damaging, right? It's not that it's a word, it's not that it's a sound that your mouth is making, but it's the symbolism, right? It's it's what it means. It's, and some of them can be gut-wrenching, man. I mean, some of them can pull the heart right out of your chest. So we got to be really careful with that. But going back to my buddy, my friend just couldn't understand. He was going, Daniel, she sees the red flag, right? No matter how much Iowa anyone tells her it's a red flag, she still pursues. She still pursues this relationship right? She's being treated terribly. She's being lied to. She's being abused. She's being manipulated, but she's okay with it. And I keep talking to her and she's not understanding. You know, and at, and at one point you have to decide as a friend or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe this is you, maybe this is someone who you know, and you sit back and you know exactly the words that are going to come out of my mouth is, look, I can sit here until the cows come home telling you, hey, that flag that you think is green is actually red. But it's not about what I think. What I think is irrelevant. It's about what you think. If your perception is that that is a green flag, you're going to walk forward despite anything that anyone says. But I love him. But he's nice. He treats me nice on Tuesdays and Thursdays when he's not beating me up. And a lot of this sounds ridiculous to a lot of people if you've never been in the experience, if you've never had friends who've gone such a thing. You know, maybe, and I hope for the people listening, you've never gone through domestic abuse. You've never heard about domestic violence stories around your friends or your family, man. But, but once you meet people, like one of, the, one of the most breakthrough treatments that we have in the world of psychology and psychiatry with the most empirical data backing it is CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And cognitive behavioral therapy focuses on your, fo- and your, on your thoughts. And it says the precursor to your thoughts is your beliefs. So for some reason, you have these beliefs that are faulty, that are not based on logic, that are incorrect, which will lead you to harm. So if a young lady is getting physically harmed and emotionally harmed by her boyfriend, her immediate belief, instead of going, this is wrong, her belief might go, I deserve this. This is the sort of treatment that a person like me deserves. I bet all relationships are like this. I don't deserve any better, right? And you get those that that's those sort of beliefs of like, this is meant for me. And then the thoughts start trickling in, right? Well, it's hard to be a girlfriend, right? I'm being a wuss if I say anything. I can't call the cop. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, the, the bruise is going to heal, it, right? So, so do you see how, and then especially with like telling her friends and telling her family, she's going, well, I don't want to embarrass him. Like this dude is breaking her nose and she's still going, well... Yeah, but on Sunday night, he took me out to dinner and he was romantic and he apologized. And my nose is almost healed. And you're just sitting there and you're going like, oh my God, like this is so wrong. And, and it's just that belief, right? That belief of, I deserve this. And then that leads to all those thoughts of, you know, again, if he beats me up, it's whatever. He's a kind guy. He doesn't mean it. He always apologizes. The bruises heal relatively quickly, right? And that leads to the emotions of maybe guilt and sadness and, and, uh, being upset, maybe being angry, being frustrated. Why am I not a good enough partner? You know, maybe if he hits me, that means I should be better. That means I'm not doing my, my role as a partner. And, and for someone listening, like, again, you're going down, like, it's so obvious. It's so obvious what she needs to do. And the point of, of this talk isn't to shame people like that. It's not to look down on them. It's not to ridicule them. It's actually to do the opposite. It's to look at, man, when you're in the trenches, like when I'm not talking about this right now, emotionally free, it's a different story, right? But when it's in that girl and she's in that relationship and as she was growing up with her father, he would maybe hit her or treat her bad or talk down to her. 
And now she's getting that same thing from this guy. She's going, well, this is all I know. I don't know any other way to have a relationship, right? So why would I expect it to be a red flag for her? If that's all you know, you know what I mean? And then I'm going to come around and say, no, he shouldn't treat you like he should treat you like this. And she goes, well, I didn't see anything wrong with it. It's not that they're dumb. It's not that they're crazy. It's just, man, some people, unfortunately, in their experiences, they, they haven't had the most healthiest relationships. Right? And over time, as you start to accumulate more relationships, then you can begin to compare them to, to one another, right? If you've never experienced what I'm talking about and all your relationships have been great, for the most part, your immediate relationships, the people who you care about mostly, the, the beauty of it is you go out, man, with a friend or in a date or something, and someone treats you wrong, like a, like a girl starts talking to you badly or a guy starts talking to you badly, immediately a part of your brain goes, that's not okay. Like, we don't talk like that at home. I don't talk like that to any of my siblings. That's not okay. And immediately you go, whoa, like, no, no, no. You know, and you start backing away. But again, if you don't have that, it's like, what are you going to compare that to? Right? There's a, there's this idea. It's like, well, would you rather dance with the devil you know or the devil you don't? And you might say, well, at least the devil I know, I know what to expect. Right? And if I was younger and I had these poor relationships, at least even though my boyfriend is, is behaving in this way, at least it's, it's nostalgic to me. It reminds me of my childhood. There's a little bit of comfort in knowing I know what to expect. And then that has a whole series of problems, folks, because then people really develop. I mean, the, the bad thing is, like, if you go into a relationship like that and you don't have any mental health problems, you're, the chances of developing mental health disorders... Uh, increase drastically and if for someone jesus imagine you already have some mental health problems with anxiety with depression with trauma and then you find yourself in a relationship like that oh my god oh my god the, one of the the cruel things of life is all these things are comorbid or comorbidity which i mean that there are several disorders which happen at the same time which makes it hard to diagnose which is which and it's generally several life events which happen so let's say let me paint you a really terrible picture and, and this is a trigger warning um just maybe don't listen for like the next 20 seconds. Imagine there's a young girl and at the age of eight, she gets sexually assaulted by her own father. Her father gets put away in prison, right? And it, and it wrecks the mom emotionally because she knew about it, but she didn't say anything, right? So she's messed up. She gets uh, taken away from, from the mom because the mom is hooked on drugs and hooked on alcohol and she can't be a parent, right? So now this girl's growing up. Her whole idea of relationships has been shot because the man who was supposed to protect her harmed her. The woman who was supposed to be there to provide care for her neglected her and looked the other way. So now, what is this girl's perception of what a healthy relationship looks like? And then we're surprised when that girl ends up in a relationship with a boyfriend who beats her and is emotionally and physically abusive to her? It's like, man, that's all she knows. That's all she knows. Because, dude, that stuff sticks with you. Like, like someone will say, oh, time heals all wounds. Like, no, not necessarily. Not if you don't think about it. Not if you don't, you know, put it to the back of your head and you go, well, I'm not going to deal with this. Why do you think you have people who go to the counselor at the age of 25 when they've been sexually assaulted when they were 12? Folks, that stuff sticks with you. It's not like, oh, I forget. Or I'm just going to brush it off. So we got to be really mindful of how people are coming up and imagine a young girl with that sort of a childhood and she experiences depression, trauma, 
anxiety, maybe suicidality, suicide ideation. Now she has this boyfriend and now everything's is exasperated, right? When he puts his hands on her, she gets upset and she goes, man, it must have been me. I'm not a good enough girlfriend, which makes her depressed. When he's coming off from work, she's getting anxious because she doesn't know what his mood's going to be like. She has to make sure there's beer in the fridge because or else she's going to, you know what I mean? So it's just, oh my God, like it, it, it will cripple you. It will mentally cripple you. And no matter how many times your, your boyfriend or your, excuse me, your brother or your sister or anyone else, your close friends tell you, hey, this is wrong. You shouldn't be with this guy. It's just, that is so natural for you to do. And it's so comfortable that it's harder to listen to them because you're going, this is all I've done. This is all I know. And doing anything else would be inconvenient. Not only inconvenient, but just unnatural. Like this is what I'm used to. You know, why would I go against what I'm used to? Like what you're saying kind of makes sense, but it just, this just feels right. It's sad folks. It's really sad when you see people in those sorts of things. And, you know, and, and there's this kind of, the tough thing is that we've this kind of thing in our society, right? This, this, you know, they say, oh, girls love bad boys, right? And the idea there is, for my friends who are a big fan of the John Wick movies, the Jason Statham movies, the Liam Neeson movies, you know, that one cold killer who goes out and does his thing, total badass, motorcycle riding, cigarette smoking, you know what it is. You know, a lot of people look at that and they go, man, like, what do you see in it, right? And, and I mean, there's a lot, right? There's a lot to go, whoa, there's a lot to go, man, I'd love to be with you. I'd love to hang around you. I love to be in a relationship with you. And that's not saying that, hey, all girls who go towards relationships are, are nuts or have had bad family history or family experience. But there is something about this idea of, man, if you want someone who you know is a little reckless, who you know is a little aggressive, who you know is a little edgy, what does that say about you? You know, for girls listening, you go, well, I think he's just hot. I think he's attractive. It's like, Fair enough, but but you're speaking about, uh, be careful. I didn't say physical. I didn't say, hey, what makes you want a guy with a six pack, with long hair, with big shoulders? I, I pointed out personality traits. And if you're a girl listening to this or a guy and, and you're going, well, because it's hot to be reckless, it's hot to be aggressive, it's hot to be dangerous. I want you to think about why. Why is that, a, that an interesting thing for you? You know, do you have any other relationships where you've seen that trend? You're like, man, I want to be with that person. Is it because, and, and this is just my opinion, I'm hypothesizing here, and please, by all means, take a step back and think about this with me. Is there this idea of you're dangerous, you're aggressive, and you're reckless? And if I want someone to protect me, it should be someone who's a little dangerous or who's capable of being dangerous, right? It's like, imagine you go into a bar and you go, you befriend the biggest, baddest, scariest dude in the bar because you go, if something goes down, I want you on my team. That could be one reason. Right. Another reason could be if a young girl has grown up in chaos, right? And if she's seen reckless behavior and seen aggressive behavior, she might have this idea of, man, I want to help someone. I want to fix someone. So then when she sees this young man who doesn't appear to be in the best places mentally and he's aggressive and edgy and dangerous, she goes, let me fix him. Right. I know what chaos is like. Maybe she's seen it up close and she goes, let me be a good person and let me help this kid out. Let me make him smile. And then when she starts dating him and she sees that he starts feeling better, she feels good about herself, right? And that's one of the reasons that you hear girls say, man, you know, like they're fixers, right? They like being with someone. They like making them better. They like working on them. That could be another option. Here's the problem 
that girls have to watch out with if they're in this kind of fixer mentality. First off, if you're looking at someone and if you say, hey, like, I want to fix you. Personally speaking, I would find that extremely disrespectful. I would. Because I'm going, you're implying that I'm broken and that I need fixing. What the hell, dude? Right? And then, you know, they say, like, no, no, like, I just, I want to make you better. And I, folks, it is my opinion. You can disagree with this. You could only improve your life, improve your habits, improve all facets of whatever you're doing if you want to. I don't care if you're the greatest psychiatrist the world has ever seen. If your client, if your patient doesn't want to get better, he's not getting better. So the problem with these girls who are sometimes stubborn is, I'm going to fix him. Then she gets cheated on. And what appears to be a red flag for everyone is going like, yo, Cindy, you knew that this guy has cheated in every previous relationship that he's been in. Why did you think it was going to be any different? Well, because I'm different. You know, and, and then a lot of us who are friends of Cindy, we just kind of look back and after once, twice and hate, like, I, I don't think, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, you just, you go, okay, you know, I trust you. You're over 18, you're a consenting adult, you go do whatever you think is right. And then when she comes back sad and crying and going, oh, he was abusive and he cheated on me and this and that, I'm going, of course he did. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I'd be surprised if the guy who cheated in his last five relationships came out and said, I'm not going to cheat anymore. Cindy has changed me. That doesn't mean people don't change. That doesn't mean people can't change their behavior. And that doesn't mean when a guy gets into a relationship, it doesn't alter his personality a little. But it's, in my opinion, it is 100% on the individual to change. I can't force you to do anything. There's that old saying, you can bring, you can bring a, a horse to the river, but you can't force it to drink water. You can be in a relationship with someone, but you can't force them to change. You can't force an unkind person to become kind. You can't force a hot-headed person to become calm. They have to want to. They have to actively want to and work with you. Otherwise, this idea of like, I'm going to fix you, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in it. If the other guy, because here's the problem, right? If you go up and you go, well, why are you dating him? Well, because I want to fix him. I'd love to sit down with him and be like, dude, do you think you're broken? Because the young lady that you're with thinks that you are broken. Like, how does that make you feel? You know, it doesn't mean that some people, look, everyone has their faults, everyone has their flaws, but I just thought that was such a weird way to look at it, right? But, but I know what they mean. When they say, hey, I want to fix you, they don't mean you're broken. They just, they, they want to support people. They want to assist people. They've maybe in their life seen someone who's been down and what some support and assistance has done for them and how much better it's made someone's life. So they're going, let me be that support system for you. You know, which is dope, which is which is a, just a beautiful angelic act. You know, you want to do something great for someone else, which is amazing. My only hope is that, and girls and guys do this, but but I've majority of the time heard it with girls that if you do ever go into a relationship, quote unquote, trying to fix someone with a quote unquote bad boy, or, if you, or you've had past mental health issues, just be extremely self aware of what you're signing up for, and be aware of what your friends say ask for their opinions and whether you want to follow their opinions or not it's a hundred percent up to you that that's that would be my my advice i'd be like before you go into anything just ask a few people ask your parents hey what do you think about this guy ask your friends hey what do you think about this guy All right but if everyone says no and you go for it there's nothing wrong with that but when it doesn't work out let's be optimistic if it doesn't work out you know what your friends or family are going to say personally folks if you are a friend if you're a family member of someone who's in that don't hit them with the I told you so because they, they know. 
Don't hit them with the, you should have listened to me, you're an idiot, right? Because they know. When someone realizes that they've made a mistake, you don't want to kick them when they're down, right? You don't want to shame them. You don't want to make fun of them. That's not the opportunity to put yourself on a pedestal and look down on them. But you do the opposite. You sit down and you go, hey, look, it happens. You're an adult. You made a decision. You suffer the consequences. Welcome to life. Me as a friend, it was my obligation. It was my duty to be honest with you when you asked for my opinion. If you ask for my opinion, I look in your eyes and I lie to spare your feelings. What kind of a friend am I? If I'm a true friend and you come to me and you say, Daniel, I need your opinion. What do you think? It is my duty to, to tell you what I truly think, unfiltered and honest. I'm going to tell you what a stranger won't tell you. But once I've told you my opinion and you choose not to follow it, that's completely okay. But now I'm not responsible anymore. I'm going to sleep well at night going, I did my part. Whatever happens to you, whatever consequences come your way, that's not on me. You're a consenting adult. You made your own decision. You will face your own consequences, whatever it is. It it's, doesn't matter if you agree with my opinion or disagree with my opinion. What matters is that you stand up for what you believe in. Whatever action you choose, own it. But afterwards, it's not on me. It's not on any of your friends. You made the choice, regardless of whatever anyone else's opinion is. Take some accountability. And don't start saying things like, well, I would have, but when I said, when I asked for Daniel's opinion, I didn't really want him to be honest. Like, dude, don't. Take accountability when you ask for people's opinions, when you take actions, if you date someone, if you break up with someone, that's on you. A friend will do so much, right? They'll only do so much to help you out when they can, but afterwards they go, hey, dude, okay, my hands are clean. I told her, I was like, ah, this guy's a little sketchy. I wouldn't, I haven't heard good things. She wants to, good for her, man. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that guy's great. But if he's not great and he gets, and he cheats on her or he abuses her physically and emotionally, I'm not going to be there to say, I told you so. You should have listened to me. Folks, it's not the time. She knows she's wrong. She knows she made a mistake. That's still your friend. And that's not an opportunity to look down and to make fun of someone. It's to sit there and go, look, it happens. It's okay. It's okay. It'll be okay. You can move forward. And the beauty of it is because I gave my opinion beforehand, I can sleep well at night. I can know, you know what, as a friend, I did my task. But now that you're upset, I'm not upset, right? I can't, right? There's, there's only so much empathy that you can have for other people. Because if you're super empathic, anyone who says anything negative to you, it's going to weigh you down. My dog just said, oh my God, that's terrible, right? You, like, it's virtually impossible. Because if everyone tells you bad news and everything connects with you, like they're going to put you in a terrible so you got to have a little bit of a barrier to go, look, I care about you and your feelings, but at some point, I can't let your emotions impact me too much because I'm going to hear negative things every day. And if like sometimes when people are in a really bad mental health state, man, you got to be careful sharing bad news with them because it's one thing if you're kind of negative and down, but sometimes if there's someone who's like really depressed and they're on the fence teetering every day and then they hang out with people who are negative, dude, they'll kick him the frick off that fence really quick and they'll drag them down so oftentimes people who are really depressed it's good for them to hang out with people who are super high and hyper and enthusiastic and optimistic for life because it helps drag them up so that's a little note uh, mentally about how to go forward and who to surround yourselves with but folks we're going to call for today thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed i hope there was some value i hope there was some entertainment if as always if you think that there's anyone who might be 
interested in listening to the content of this podcast, don't be a stranger. You know, share this. Share this with your friends. Share this with your family. If you know someone that's in one of those relationships, don't share it to them outright because they'll see what you're doing. But I think it's good, man. I think it's good to just have a conversation. Again, it's not about this is what Daniel says, so it's right. But it's just about let's just talk about it. Let's talk about what it really means to see someone in an abusive relationship. Let's talk about what it means to be honest about your opinion. Let's talk about what happens if you see a red flag, but that's not a red flag for me, right? And vice versa. Folks, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Have an amazing rest of your day. You'll hear me again next week. Take care, folks.